For years, our government has subjected people seeking asylum to torturous conditions. The Minister for Home Affairs was supposed to care for them, but instead they suffered enormous physical and psychological harm. Now, those refugees are fighting for accountability and justice. On their behalf, the National Justice Project is taking legal action against the government for negligence and for breaching their duty of care. To support 50 asylum seekers in their fight for justice against the Minister for Home Affairs, please donate at justice.org.au. The National Justice Project is a 3CR supporter. People would do anything for their families. It could happen to anyone anytime. Somebody in France, somebody in England basically sat down with a ruler and just drew lines on that. There are many different ethnic and religious groups that have been divided across borders and this has caused a significant amount of conflict. There are a lot of people who need safety. It is really cruel for a country like Australia to have policies that are focused only on pushing people away. What we're seeing is a number of people that remain in a state of limbo. And when non-sustainable land use combines with climate change, the crisis of refugees... I wasn't able to go and play with children. I had to go and really be an adult from a very young age. I think that's something that a lot of migrant children can relate to. Really, it was a dream for me to reunite with my family. I was just praying and hoping that that day will come one day. I think it's very important for people to understand that people have their own dreams as well and they're wanting to change the world with everybody else. Refugee Radio, 8.55am, 3CR. We want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land who we are broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and respect the elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. Welcome to Refugee Radio on 3CR, 8.55am or on 3cr.org.au. We're first going to be listening to a recording from the Woman on the Line program, which is on 3CR every Monday from 8.30 to 9am. This recording is taken from the rally, which was through the campaign against racism and fascism on the 8th of May. It's a pro-refugee rally, and it's going to be speaking about mandatory detention, and you can listen to the intro now. Next, we connect the struggle against the Israeli occupation of Palestine with the struggle of refugees to end mandatory detention. We hear from Tasnim Samak, a Palestinian organiser and PhD candidate in education, speaking against the campaign against racism and fascism's rally against mandatory detention of refugees, held in Melbourne on May 8. Thanks for inviting me to speak at this important demonstration today in the fight to end mandatory indefinite detention of refugees. I'm not considered a refugee in Australian terms, but my parents migrated to New Zealand in 1997 to secure citizenship. That's considered a bad refugee narrative. 
but it's what's most true and there's no need to sanitize why it is that asylum seekers come to Western countries. My father and therefore all of his children, including myself, are considered stateless Palestinians. His family is from Yaffa, a colonized city known as Tel Aviv in the illegal state of Israel. My grandparents were exiled to Gaza where they lived in a refugee camp for almost 20 years until in 1967 that they were exiled again when Gaza was occupied by Israel. They were exiled to Jordan alongside thousands of other Palestinian families into another refugee camp, this time in Amman. At first, my father tells me that they lived in non-permanent tents and fixtures because they were anticipating returning to Palestine. They were served by the UNRWA or the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. They could only attend UNRWA schools and medical facilities. After a while, the tents were permitted by the Jordanian government to change into tin roofs and then they were allowed to build bricks and the refugee camps became a permanent urban refugee camp where some of my family lives today and where I spent some of my childhood. Even though their status as stateless became permanent, Palestinians are still on temporary visas in Jordan and are still restricted in their rights to work and own land. Shame! I tell you these details because they are relevant to contextualizing the issue of refugee struggle that needs to be international. Australia's inhumane mandatory detention resembles and designs for refugees resembles what the international community allowed and designed for refugees in the global south. They also resemble the colonial prisons erected to suppress and contain First Nations people. Today, Palestinians are only one refugee population, among many others fleeing state violence, crimes against humanity, and acts of genocide. The international community continues to turn its back on victims of state atrocities, firstly, by failing to work towards a political solution that would ensure refugees are able to return to their liberated homeland and live in safety. And secondly, refugees are failed by draconian anti-refugee policies. We see this most in the status of Afghan and Syrian refugees today, who are being deported by European states such as Denmark, that is deporting Syrians who have already been granted citizenship. Living, shame, yes. Living and working in Denmark, apparently they can be deported through the assessment that Syria is now safe, despite the Assad regime's grip on power and his totalitarianism. It's unfathomable that European refugees would be treated in this way and stripped of citizenship, but that tells us that citizenship is conditional to the wretched. From Fortress Europe to Australia's mandatory detention regime, refugees are turned away, caged and assaulted by Western so-called democratic states, an incredible shame and an indictment of the international community. For Palestinians, 
Our demands and expectations are not that different from other refugee groups. We struggle for liberation and freedom. That is the first demand. That is the demand we have as Palestinians in Jerusalem are being evicted as we speak from their neighborhoods by Israeli settlers who are taking over their homes. Unfortunately, much of refugee advocacy erases the political will of refugees as though the plight of refugees is a single issue one regarding processing us as citizens, as though refugees are passive victims of Australian violence, as though the violence they are fleeing is irrelevant to the conversation and is an aberration to the violence they are met with when they arrive to the shores of this settler colonial state. For this, the work of RISE has paved the way in terms of discourse. Granting citizenship to all asylum seekers is the minimum obligation that should not require advocacy or conversation. First Nations people, whose sovereignty has never been ceded, have already granted asylum and have welcomed all refugees, yet their leadership is not what is enshrined. Instead of bringing refugees into the community, this white liberal capitalist nation has decided to lock up asylum seekers torture them and make them out to be terrorists and thug boogeymans that require a militarized, profitable border regime. Shame. It's no coincidence that after the end of the white Australia policy, Australian governments have decided to gain legitimacy through institutionalized xenophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Asian racism and anti-blackness in the introduction of Howard border policies. Racism that drove an Australian to massacre Muslims in two mosques in Christchurch in the name of anti-immigration. This is often erased from that narrative of white supremacist violence, of course. The question that I have is how this policy even became law, how it became materialized in mandatory detention, then offshore detention. How did Australians allow it and how is it continuing? This is a question Australians need to ask themselves in relation to indigenous deaths in custody as well. Another regime of torture and murder. How have we had seven deaths in custody in the last month with little uproar, little political upheaval? Deaths in custody and deaths in immigration custody. How is it that after deaths and suicides we continue to keep refugees in detention facilities? And I do not just discuss medivac refugees, but rather all those who are in Australian detention at the moment. Mandatory detention is a stain, not just on both major parties who designed it, but on every Australian who is supposedly being protected in its name. This border regime is done to protect the white liberal nation who votes for it. That we are near 20 years into Australia's mandatory detention system as an indictment of progressives and conservatives alike, given, the little op given that if opposition was fierce enough and relentless enough, we would not be marking two decades of permanent immigration detention. We are too afraid and caught in routines that the state anticipates. The state knows, it knows and it plans for the fact that immigration mandatory detention will upset leftists and ethnics but governments have gambled with it anyway, expecting little disruption. As a Palestinian Muslim, all I can offer is to urge for the fight to continue.
not in cycles of outrage and condescending sympathies to the plight of refugees, but towards organized struggle with refugee communities against oppression. Because our work is overdue. Refugee camps, refugee detention facilities should not become permanent places for anyone. We need to make it impossible for immigration detention to be feasible. This movement needs to be fearless in the face of whatever danger comes its way in the goal of ending mandatory detention. The, the RISE student walkout that happened just on Wednesday is one approach that we all should be behind. We need to be relentless in the fight that will see an end to the locking up of refugees, that will bring an end to colonial, racist, white supremacist structures that birth and sustain such cool policies that will bring an end to dispossession and exile in the first place. Thank you. You just heard from Tasnim Samak, a Palestinian organizer and PhD candidate in education, speaking at the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism's Rally Against Mandatory Detention of Refugees, held in Melbourne on May 8th. She spoke of a refugee-led organization, Rise Refugee, which you can find out more about at riserefugee.org. Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne on Kulin Nation's land, and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Three CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June, and this year we're asking you to be part of community-powered radio. It's only with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled, and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference, and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. 3CR Community Powered Radio. You're on Refuge Radio on 3CR and we just listened to a recording from Women on the Line with a speech from Tazin Samak, a Palestinian refugee who's an organiser and was speaking at the rally on the 8th of May. So for the rest of the program, we're going to be listening to some recordings from The Shifting Story, which was produced by Road to Refuge. And this is a program which was built around the lived experiences of the COVID, the previous COVID lockdowns uh, and about people's experiences as a refugee here. So as we're currently in lockdown, I thought it might be fitting. So we're going to be listening first to a recording by Alta. It's the past generation, they say that they are survivor of World War II. So I wanted to tell the next generation that I'm survivor of COVID-19. Uh, my name is Altaf Hussein. I'm 23 years old. I belong to Hazara community. 
I grew up in Pakistan and my original background is Afghani and since 2015 I'm in Australia and here I'm living with my mother, my sister and my younger brother. Yeah, life was tough back country. You didn't know that when you're going out you're gonna come back alive or not. And even in home you didn't know that when you sleep maybe a, a bomb gonna come to your home and blast and you're gonna end a life there. And now when I think about the past I'm shocked. I came here on the news I saw that said there is a car accident people should avoid those roads and use another route. And I was like this is the breaking news here? What a wonderful, peaceful country that they have breaking news for a car accident. Uh, before COVID, I was a student of IT and aviation engineering. I was working as a construction site worker and I was supervisor of Woolworths. And the life was happy in Australia, doing studies, work, studies, work. And it was a beautiful life before COVID. As COVID came in, everything was like going horrible, you know, like slowly I lost the job and everyone was like that. With my brother also the same way, my sister also lost the job. At the same time, in the same month, we all three lost the jobs and we were at home and it, it never happened before, like how we never thought of this. So I didn't know what to do at that time, we were panicked. We start using the savings and we saw that the saving is going to end soon and we were like just getting hope and saying it should end soon otherwise the savings is going to end and nothing is going to remain to be surviving this. When your savings end, so you're going to think, yeah, I was not able to pay the mortgage, I was not able to pay the insurance. I'm gonna lose my home, maybe I'm gonna lose my car, and what's gonna happen if I lose my home? All this struggle for this small land that I built up on and called home. What if I lose this? So what's gonna happen to me? What's gonna happen to my family? As the elder of home, I am responsible to look after the family. What's gonna happen to the family? It was that stress that you are not able to sleep at the end of night but still didn't lose the hope because the world is on a hope you have hope you have future so i was still thinking that it's gonna end soon hopefully hopefully it's gonna end soon now the lockdown is finished we celebrated we were like having fun after eight months or nine months and i just hope that this should never come back again and we should have a lovely life and with a full of happiness and just one smile hi to the neighbor hi to our bus driver or thank you to the bus driver to the nurse to the police officer just a thank you maybe that gonna change their whole day because that changed my day my bad day when I was stressed someone said hi with a smile I see someone value my life, someone value me. So if we just smile and say hi, it gives a lot of happiness to the front person. So let's start a new life with thank you or say hi with a smile.
Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep us going for another year. Independent community media is more important than ever, and we need your support to power community radio. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au, call the station on 03 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR Community Powered Radio. listening to Refugee Radio on 3CR and we just heard a recording by Altaf from the Shifting the Story program by Road to Refuge. So you can look up more information about that program on roadtorefuge.com. We're also going to be listening to a song from the same project, the Shifting the Story project, but we're also going to be reminding you that Radiothon is coming up on 3CR in June, so that's only a couple days away. So please go to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, and support the station. You can also call up, uh, support the different programs, and continue to keep uh, diverse voices on air. So we're going to be listening to a recording of a song and this song is called Yemedi and you can look that up on the Road to Refuge website. Again, roadtorefuge.com. Just look in the Shifting the Story project and you can look at the section on Medhi which, the, which has the translations there as well. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.
आप ही आएंगे तो बसेगा ये सारा जहां है मौला जाइए मौला ये तेरे जो हुबदार है मुश्किल में सारे गिरफ्तार हैं मौला ये तेरे जो हुबदार हैं मुश्किल में सारे गिरफ्तार अस्करी के समर अस्करी के समर सरनगुआज सारा जहां है आका जाइए माना के हम सब गुनागार है माफी के मौला तलबगार है माना के हम सब गुनागार है माफी के मौला तलबगार है हम तेरे मातमी हम तेरे मातमी आजादार नौहाकुना है मौला जाइए मेहदी को भेजे रबे आबाद काबा को देखे अकी मेहदी को भेजे रबे जली आबाद काबा को देखे अकी तुरबते फातिमा तुरबते फातिमा ने पुकारा असाब जमा है मौला जाइए जानशीने नबी जानशीने नबी आप ही का ये अर्जो समा है आका जाए मौला जाए मुंतजराज सारा जहां है आकाजाए
Join me, Aya Cry with Ubuntu Voices. Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on 3CR. Ubuntu is a Zulu word, meaning I am here because you are. Ubuntu celebrates the positive contribution African Australians make to our communities in music, academia, the arts, and everything in between. Come with me on a journey. Ubuntu Voices, every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. None of us are free. One of us is chained. None of us are free.